Wrong volume. Episode 8. What is this called? Grand, no, is, is it called? I don't even know what it's called. Is it called Read You Wrote You? Is it called Grand Finale? I don't know what it's called. It's the finale. Yeah. This isn't the official recap. I take everything much more casually. Um, You know, I like these episodes to be evergreen. I really do. And uh, especially with the ones we've been recording for this uh, um, hiatus I'm taking. But I think it would be remiss of us not to acknowledge a historic moment we're going through. And that, uh, Don, I mean, Joe Biden was just, uh, a, well, the networks, the crooked media have officially christened uh, Biden as the 46th president of the United States. And Jay, I guess I want to ask you. He was? Yeah. No, he, he, crowned, he crowned her. You know, <laughs> he got crowned. He pranced. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he pranced my queen. Pranced. And then, uh, well, maybe because then now Donald Trump. And, and at the reunion, did say that uh, Biden was going around ask, offering people ten thousand dollars tax free via PayPal to vote. For him. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, oh, it's so specific. <laughs> oh my god! I wish I could make gifts. Maybe it is. Maybe I could. I, one of the gifts I want to get. I was mean to do it. Is I want to get Fifi leaving the stage and not hugging Alyssa, and I want to put like Donald Trump. And like Biden as Alyssa, like, <laughs> yeah, I wanted to do a top model one where Tyra flips the picture and, or like on the TV screen, it's Biden <laughs> appears. And then it's just like, you know, you know, the other girl always cries. Yeah. There's so many things that could be made, but it, yeah. I just don't understand how to do it. What are you sipping on over there? I'm not, I'm not being funny. So it's funny that you're saying this, you know, up until I started doing that event, when I started getting to the heat of that event. I was sure. eating so well. I was just with this uh, thistle that your boyfriend recommended and working yeah. out on the Peloton. And I'm going to tell you, this is a problem. That all went to fucking shit once I had to deal with that thing. And then the election happened right after my, the day after my event. And I have just been stress eating. Like now I know with you, with you stress eating is you have more, you know, gluten free chocolate chip cookies. But, um, yeah, I had a, I had a full teaspoon of peanut butter and stuff. <laughs> Uh, but uh, so it, it, you know, Lori used to have a joke about how this is an old joke of her, like when she first started doing stand up, about how uh, she is an emotional eater, I think it was, and about how, like, and she was going, like, for instance, if I do well tonight, I'm going to celebrate by eating. Mm-hmm. But if I do poorly tonight, <laughs> I'm going to drown my sorrows by eating. And um, <laughs> so, um, yeah. So that's kind of how I felt. I was stressed all week, and so I was yeah. eating like a fucking pig. And then today, Biden's a president. I'm like, I'm going to celebrate with McDonald's <laughs> with food. Yeah, and so yeah. I got uh, McDonald's breakfast, and also the McDonald's. Uh, you know, the only coffee I can drink is McDonald's sugar free iced coffee. Is that your French vanilla fantasy? It's my French vanilla fantasy that I have. Right in front of me now, Jay Ellis. So, so what? So you you kind of avoid, per usual. Anytime you think deal with emotion, Jay skips the topic. What are some of the yeah. emotions you've been feeling now with uh, our new president? 
Uh, well, it's biz- okay. So the full transparency is we're filming this on the eleven uh, seven. Is yeah, that okay to true. say? That's okay to say, but you know what's so funny? It just struck my mind. This is the last episode of the season. Yeah. So it'll be dropping right before the apparent inauguration, if that happens. Oh, wow. Of Joe Biden. So who knows what, what has changed. Yeah, but with this as of right now, optimistic. But yeah. okay, so the uh, the uh, this is how my week has gone. The election happened mm-hmm. um, on Tuesday, glued to the TV until about 2 a.m., just watching. Yeah. Woke up early, glued to the TV, watching a map for literally 12 hours for the whole day, mm-hmm. draining myself. And I'm the opposite where if I'm stressed out or I uh, like something like when the uh, my boss's dog was lost a while ago. I remember yeah. you, I'm sure you remember that. I don't eat at all. I have no appetite. Like there's nothing that I can even force feed myself. You fucking skinny bitch. <laughs> but the the problem is that I I start to get visibly shaky. Like my hand, I get like you know blo- low blood sugar, and I just can I start feeling myself just like becoming the weakest person. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been optimistic this entire week just because I knew that the numbers were there, and the whole message of Trump's campaign was don't mail in ballots, vote in person. So I was thinking, okay, well here's here's where he screwed himself. He like shot himself in the foot. Um, and so today I woke up and opening my eyes, I sat up in bed and then my mom shot me a text message saying that uh, uh, Biden was the official president elect. And mm-hmm. so that's, it's been kind of a roller coaster, but I've been true to who I am optimistic and hopeful. Now it's just the the battle that comes with getting him out of the actual white house. How about you? Um, you know, I, as I was telling you before we went to air, I was more emotional last night. Biden gave a sort of like, Hey, we're just being patient. This is kind of where we are. Vote. I mean, a speech is just a really kind of basic, to be honest with you, run of the mill political speech. If I'm being quite honest, but with that speech, I became overcome with emotion. It wasn't because of anything he said, but it was because I was like, Oh, this we can go back to normal. This is, it's been, it's been this, this high level of tension the entire time that, um, you know, that anybody who is an other understands what I'm talking about. Like, actually what's funny, my friend Adam Vaught, who is vehemently anti-Trump is not one of those others, but you know, has that (laughs) catharsis, but like anybody who's gay, anyone who's a person of color, anyone who, what else am I, what am I missing? Women. Women, yeah. Um, really, anybody who's not a white man. Yeah, anybody who's not a straight, a cis straight white man uh, woke up with this feeling that there's just been this perpetual dread. I and mean, what's funny is, and I've told this story ad nauseum, uh, but the day that Hillary lost, I went to a watch party at my cousin's boyfriend's house down the street. And I can say this with, hundred percent assurance now now that we know he's the president when I went into that party I went in one world and when I left it was a different world I Jay will know what I'm talking about if you live in LA I was talking about this when I was living off poinsettia and I was walking down uh fuller and mm-hmm. uh back to the apartment and I was crossing Beverly no no I was crossing third and the world because I, 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 at a certain point, very early on, I was like, "This is not going well." When we saw everything crumbling, I was mm-hmm. like, "I'm gonna go back home and I'm gonna go to sleep." And when I wake up, she will have won. And yeah. I was just walking back in a fog, and I just remember the world seemed darker 
It seemed meaner. It seemed colder. And I went home, went to bed. We know what happened. But what's funny is the same thing happened if you think about with this election. It wasn't looking good for Biden Tuesday night. And about mm-hmm. nine o'clock, I said, I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> and yeah. this time, and it, and, and it's true. The next day things had switched. And now today the world seems more colorful. It seems brighter. And dare I say, I almost wrote this, but I don't know how to write it correctly. I want to write something along the lines of we made America great again. America feels great again. It's funny that he took over that phrase, but yeah, I don't yeah. think America was great the past four years. I don't know what you feel. Maybe instead you could put like now America's great or something. I don't know. Like, cause I feel like now the change has been made. What's funny is the funniest thing to do, but I don't know how it would play is to do that. Remember that episode of the office where he put, where Michael Scott put, um, oh. you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Wayne Gretzky, Michael, Michael Scott, Scott, yeah, to do yeah. Like, like we made America great again. Donald Trump, Joe Batanz, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's um, well, and I do want to say on that message, we've had um a couple of ambulance like uh sirens going by. I don't think that there's been protests or anything going on crazy over here, but if you do hear sirens, that's what's going on in LA right now. I think it's kind of a celebration more than protest. Well, I think it's because it's rain. I think if it was rainy, we would have a lot more going on. Which that's what I appreciated about, to talk about this one more time. Your tweet about Nate Silver's prediction yeah. saying that the chances of Donald Trump winning is the chance that LA has of rain and it's the day that it's raining yeah. here in LA. Yeah. So anyway, that's, that's, I'm, I'm overall joyful and I'm sure the audience is too. Why are all, but here's a question for you. I know you're at what part of the cabinet of gay people. Why mm-hmm. is it that okay. all the nerdy mathematicians, election math people are all gays? I, the, the Steve, what's Kap, Kaepernicky or something? Yeah, what's his name? Then, yeah, I think you said it right. Um, and then Nate I don't know, but then people got thirsty for him. I'm like, guys, don't let this, <laughs> we're not being swayed <laughs> by math. <laughs> um, no, he, it was very impressive when he's throwing numbers around and stuff, but I don't know what it is about that. It's like, it's that very specific look though, like the, uh, yeah, the nerdy glasses, the rolled up sleeve. Yeah. They just have like something about them. that. They but the problem is in every porn though, they are played by Blake Mitchell. <laughs> Blake, you know? Hold on. Who's Blake Mitchell? Oh God. Don't do this. Don't do this. The name sounds very familiar, but hold on. Let me look him he's up. He's a very just famous like... porn star. Mitchell missing what Cozumel was he in something called missing Cozumel I don't know there's a football quarterback I know he was on throwing down no no not throwing down he was on um John Paul told me one of those gay podcasts what's the one you listen to yeah yeah what- oh homophilia yes I know I yes I know I remember him he has the glasses and a tattoo on his chest mm-hmm. hmm interesting hmm. Wow, these gay porn star with glasses and a tattoo in his chest. Because Blake Mitchell, he does, you know, he was famous like Helix porn. I think he does. I don't know who he does now. And then you, for you know, you're a veteran of the Family Dick series. Um, <laughs> How dare you? I feel, I feel like I actually could be more related to this one than uh, the Family Dick guy. Oh, really? I don't know. Well, maybe just the glasses. If I shave my face, I don't feel like I ever shave my face. The Family Dick guy has glasses. I for, I don't want to even look at him again. Let's just get to the. Let's talk about my name's Dale. Let's then make it clear. <laughs> okay, so here's what's funny, and I was chatting a little bit about with this about this with Jay Ellis earlier. Is I don't really have a lot to say about this episode. That said, that said, I'm just giving my general thoughts. 
what a nearly perfect episode this is. Maybe that's why yeah. I don't have a lot of thoughts. It's just the girls came correct in this episode. I do have a, 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 a it's weird. I, I do feel a little bit of a, a twinge of what could have been, I've seen Alyssa in this, but yet Roxy gave us such an iconic moment and looked fantastic along the way. But, uh, but uh, overall just you it's, I think it's, it's, I think it's hard to come to score an episode higher than this episode. What do you, what Mm -hmm. do you think? Well, the cast is great. Like it's all Queens that, I mean, Roxy is there, you know, but I think Katya, Alaska and detox have really earned their way in here. I could make a case for why Adore or Alyssa would have killed as the final, the top four. And this would have Mm -hmm. just made that this season the you can beat it ever in my eyes. uh, If one of them two were here, um, yeah, it's it's up and down. Just a great episode. the The final looks that these queens have are is exactly them, and it's I don't know how else to describe it. Uh, they all could have been crowned in that out their their final looks, and it would have just been such an iconic look for for their drag. I don't think there's a boot in the bunch. Not a boot. Sure. Not a boot to be found on that stage. Yeah, it was yeah. just like a chancla party. But you know, um, which by the way, is they, yeah. Chocolate. Yeah, that's my new uh, snap, uh, switch game I have coming out. Chancla party. <laughs> well, Mario um, Chancla party. Sounds like something Blake Mitchell, would be <laughs> Blake Mitchell would be in Chancla party. Um, uh, oh, I, I, this is also we saw the start of this format where instead of being in a RuPaul's music video, they create a live entertainment on stage. I think this is All Stars Two was created it, and we've seen it go in season nine All Stars. Oh no, All Stars 3 didn't. Oh yeah, All Stars 3 had Kitty Girl, which was expanding this idea. So we've seen this been used now a couple times. It's funny because Kitty Girl is quite good and very ambitious. Don't get me wrong. Kitty Girl is a very close. No, we didn't say close. It's, Kitty Girl is definitely second. Mm-hmm. But man, again, this fucking number. You and I have done, maybe I'll re release it with this. You, we, you and I talked about, we broke down this actual song. Right. The, this uh, read you wrote you is such perfection. The song, the lyrics, even from from fantastic. I think Detox's lyrics are the best. To Roxy's, which are the worst, but I, iconic in a different, more wonderful way. And yeah. go ahead. No, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. I think Katya's voice and that tenor fits the song great, mm-hmm. but when you, when, I think when we broke down the lyrics, we were just like scratching our heads because it wasn't funny or um, it, it was true to the Katya character, but I think Detox is really hitting hard in a song about reading and like Reggie. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And the choreography is great. You know, every time Travis Wall and Jamal Sims uh, choreograph, I always think it's great. That said, I did say that Kitty Girl was fantastic, and I will, even though I hate Todrick Hall, give him credit on that video for what he did. But uh, uh, no, but this is just it's it's fantastic. But but you know there are some moments to talk about and themes and whatnot. Like for instance, there is an extended conversation in the workroom afterwards about the elimination where we've just seen Alyssa go home. Yeah, mm-hmm. Alyssa go home, and Katya talks about how she was sent home. Roxy and uh, Alaska continues the conversation and apologizes for her behavior. Uh, did you have any big thoughts on that moment, or that 
you know. Uh, now that you've sold me on the storyline that producers were making a love letter to Katya to win that, and that's why they may have kept they they kept that edit of Alaska. They kept Roxy around because then that's two people that Rue would be like, well, I'm not going to crown you know, somebody who has a hissy fit and somebody who hasn't performed well. So let's give it to Katya. Yeah. I believe that narrative now. You just heard a straw, by the way. And I switched drinks. This is empty now. Now I'm going to the iced coffee. Yeah. I Hopefully think you don't so. have to run a microphone out to anybody and then pee. <laughs> you know, <laughs> all that I just, liquid. I just talked about this. I actually used it the night of the event, the, the urine bottle. No, Joe. I had a pee. Where mm-hmm. in these COVID times when I'm in LA, Jay, where can I pee? Target is the safest. But to go park it. Okay. Look, if it was a Target in the suburbs, I'm 100% with you. 100%. Yeah. The closest Target is at one on Santa Monica and La Brea, which I would have peed I'm, my pants just trying to find parking. And then yeah. you have this Target on Santa Monica and La Brea. You have to park in this labyrinth of a parking structure. Then you walk. They don't even have regular elevators. It's a like a cargo elevator that you yeah. have to go up. And you have to walk all the way to that, go up. And then I don't even know where the bathrooms are. And then you know what? Probably with that with that Target, I bet you they have the bathrooms locked. It Actually, I was in there, that specific one the other day, and they have everything open with air dryer. You don't have to touch anything anymore. Like the sinks are all motion sensor, the hand washer, the oh. doors are open automatically. Oh. So oh. they've got it all figured out. Oh. But I'm happy you got use out of your urinal. That's what it's there for. Yeah, I, I, true. I mean, it's what it's there for. What it's there for. To make it easier, I did stay on the phone with Aiden while I was doing it. I told him what I was doing. I think I got a PMP in this urine bottle. And you told him that was a straw you just heard? Yeah. <laughs> like you just told the audience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is what he heard. I didn't make that much of a noise. I know now it's now it's very quiet. Wait, what? Why all of a sudden is it the quietest thing ever? I can hear it. Yeah, you can anyway, hear it very faintly. Um, uh, yeah. So then they have this, and then they do they go they do that typical finale thing where like one queen's recording the podcast, one queen is recording with AB Soda, who's wearing a ridiculous outfit, and then one queen, I guess that's it, and one queen wants to be in the workroom. Um, but, uh, I, the one thing I wanted to bring up is Alaska's podcast where they actually bring up Alaska talks and it really sticks with her. First of all, Michelle's the worst actress. I know she wants to be an actress, but she's like, what's this I hear that, that, did you have a tantrum? I'm like, oh, what's this you hear? What do you mean? What's this you hear? No, she, she didn't even say here. She goes, uh, so you had a bad week last week, and I detect something of a tantrum. Oh, yeah, <laughs> she's all of a sudden she has ESP. Yeah, why don't they acknowledge that there are producers on set? Yeah, because Michelle has the sixth sense. They don't need producers to tell her she she can feel it. You know what's funny is I probably wouldn't even notice. I probably wouldn't even notice if she just said, "So the tantrum last week, what happened?" I probably wouldn't yeah. even clock it because. In my mind, we all saw it. Yeah, but yeah. when they try and hide it, it draws attention to it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. This is a show and there's producers and stuff like that. We walked into that workroom and the tweeter heads did say something about a tantrum. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, just say, yeah, look, we, so uh, 
I don't, yeah, anything. We heard, mm-hmm. we were, even if she said, you know, we were in the front and we could hear that there was some yelling going back there. What was going on? Mm-hmm. Even that would have kind of not broken the illusion as much as I detect a tantrum. Yeah. That's, that's what's so dumb about this. That's what's so, so dumb. And, yeah. uh, so then what happens? I just want to continue the storyline, even though if it happens, uh, linearly like this. But then Alaska goes to the workroom, and it's, I, I guess this happens when Katya is doing her podcast because it's just Roxy, uh, Alaska, and Detox, and they have a conversation about how Alaska Talks came out up in the podcast and how once Alaska, you can see the, the wheels turning. What were your thoughts on that moment? Well, they have telegraphed this moment. They they kind of hinted at it last episode where Alaska kind of says, I don't want to be the Alaska Talks moment anymore. Mm-hmm. And she even has come to say, like, the last time we were in this, it was the three of us with a lovable weirdo. And we all saw how that worked out. Yeah. And I think that we talked about that on our last episode, too. So she, I think she thinks the writing's on the wall. And we, you and I have talked about how much Alaska wants this title. It's not even, I don't think it's the grand prize. She just wants to be a winner of the show that she loves so much and that she references mm-hmm. so much in her winning speech, the the show that she just loves talking about and being a part of. Mm-hmm. She wants this. I think I, not. To, I think they all wanted it, but Alaska just needs, needs it. Yeah. You know, uh, it's funny is I'm going to actually jump to the reunion and talk about this because it comes, it, she says something in the reunion that I'm going to use to bolster a claim I'm going to make right now in a second. Which is uh, Alaska and Katya have like a play fight where she says like, fuck you or something like that. And then Alaska says, you know, they're going to cut that and make it look for the commercials and make it look like I was being sincere, which is something that you and I talk about all the time about how Mm -hmm. the teasers into the break are always just literally lies, just just utter lies. Yeah. And like not even close to reality. Okay. As if we're going to turn off the TV and not know what actually happens. (laughs) Well, we might as well stop. I don't want to watch that fight. So, um, there was real quick there. Don't lose your thought, please. But there was one, I think it was in the the newest season. What was that? 12 uh-huh. where RuPaul looks like she hits a button and one of the Queens goes, ah, like they fall down the stage. I think it was like Rockham's uh, Rockham's yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, if I turned off the TV right there, I'd be like, well, I guess she dropped Rockham into a pit of fire. And that was the end of the show. <laughs> it's just, it's so stupid. Anyway, go ahead. Is we so we know. I mean, I think they're all aware that about the producer manipulation of of sound bites and what this telling the story they want to tell. But I think that's actually the subtext there that Alaska's not saying. What's going through her mind is she hears in that podcast, and it's probably the first time it struck her. Oh, they're they're painting us that way again, and I think that's why she's in her head is she's realizing. She might not win it, even even if she were perfect, because she can see the storyline the story producers are putting together based on the questions in the podcast. And so, I think the thing about the three the three the three of them with the lovable weirdo is her going like realizing how they're going to paint this storyline, and she's trying to figure a way out of it. Yeah, she's trying to call it out before they can, so that they can't produce that. But bitch, she should have eliminated to- Roxy. Yeah, know? yeah. Because mm-hmm. uh, I think that would have done it. I mean, I, I mean, it comes up. I will say for the finale that I really felt more than any other. Fin- well, no, there's been some pretty good finale. I mean, reunions, but 
this reunion's up there for I feel the level of honesty that was really there. I feel that I didn't get the sense, you know, because even the other reunions, uh, there is that sense of the queens are still thinking about their legacy, and so they're putting on a, a brave face, or you know, there are some moments that come through like the "you don't love me" or uh, "I said J.K." or you didn't say J.K. though, you know, or something. <laughs> it's the same, it's the same yeah. season, but um, but or or you know, or or the vixens uh moment where she stormed out, you know, there are some moments, but I think, but this season, I think from start to finish was. Very, very honest in a way that uh, I really appreciated. And so I think Alaska addresses this, I think, in a very honest way. I think she says, you know, she wanted to be perfect and didn't want them to play the silly music underneath. Yes. Yeah. And to speak on what you're saying about how I think this is how drag queens talk at the back of the club while they're getting ready. At, mm-hmm. Like they're having a like the reunion felt more of like a kiki where they're able to read each other's looks. Um, they're able to compliment each other of what challenges they did great on. Um, they're able to say, why did they make that choice? I mean, it, it just feels like these contestants have known each other and they do outside of the show. And they were just saying, look, we, this was a really this is a curveball thrown our way when you told us that we we're going to be eliminating each other, but we did it with respect for them. Like it was a respectful game and everybody understood where we were coming from for it. And I think that they, they liked that. Well, I think this is the only all-stars that has a reunion, correct? There's no all-stars three moving forward reunion. Right. And correct. that's the thing is there is a difference. There is a difference be- because by this point, with the exception of perhaps ginger, and you could maybe say Katya, but Katya has gone through so much by this point. There is a, they've built a legacy. They have a very, they're really, they're more self-assured. They have fans, they have a presence. And so they have the confidence to speak to each other in a way that almost the way powerful people do, not necessarily powerful, but in their little dominion they are. And so they have, the sort of self-confidence to deal with each other in very honest ways. Like there's a part where if you think about it, Alaska's the queen and Katya in a very respectful way, but as, as an equal, as a peer says to her about because Alaska's just read, I guess we're just moving to the reunion. Alaska's yeah. just read Alyssa for the camera dress and how much she hates it. And it wasn't a two and one. That's why she went home and Katya calls her out very accurately. But girl, what about your dress? It was just like a glorified trash bag over, you know, an amazing dress. Yeah. And um, and Alaska has no answer to it, really. It's right. a joke. Yeah. But it's but it's not done in harm. It's no. it's like, well, girl, look what you wrote. War. Yeah. It's like a it's a read. It's for sure just a you know a, a quip. Yeah. And Katya, what Katya? What's interesting about Katya, especially at that point, is. Not only is she on par with Katya, one might argue at that point she's the most powerful drag queen in that room. It's that it, it, things have changed, but is the most powerful drag queen in that room and comes from a different faction than the other queens. You know, they all mm-hmm. represent different things. I feel Coco and my, and uh, Roxy are sort of like real drag queens. You know, um, and Alaska sort of comes from that. Alaska sort of a combination. A lot of them, but. But Katya is this new burgeoning young people uh, TikTok. I'm just gonna say young people phrases. Uh, <laughs> TikTok uh, Sean Mendez, um, <laughs> Camila Cabello. Uh, 
generation. Generation Z. Um... She was inventing something new. And yeah, yeah, what you said, I think they're, they're all peers and they recognize that. And I think that that's where the difference is. I also think that coming into, I, I just to take a step back to the final challenge, I think that they all walked into, I, I, maybe with the exception of Roxy, with like music knowledge, they all had that rhythm and that beat. And when you see the athleticism of Katya, when they're mm-hmm. bending her around, like Mr. Fantastic, mm-hmm. just on the stage. And I think the right, like that's when, the, when you see the other three contestants sitting in the chair, they're like, Oh shit. Like we yeah. just lost this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because look at the choreography compared to what they gave Dita. I, I would say the chairography is probably hard because you're putting a lot of trust into these Queens and it's timing. And I don't know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of, uh, things that have to go into that but with katya it's just athleticism it's it's move after move and you're making she's making crazy stunts happen on stage and of and you see rue's jaw drop my jaw dropped when i first watched her. like the fact that you can just splay her out it's crazy yeah but on top of that i mean she has some pretty icon i mean those lyrics are great katya's lyrics are fantastic especially for not being really a rapper you the, know? the, her opening line is great, but your dad just calls me Katya. I yeah. think that's, it's so good. I mean, it's so good. Whatever comes after that is unimportant. You know, sometimes you listen to some songs, especially raps, and it's like, I'm trying to think of, of a, of a songwriter who's like this, but where they, the words don't necessarily make sense, but they set, they pick words that have, a sound or a mean to them that the word sticks with you rather than the other words around it. I don't know if it makes any sense. Like I'll give you a perfect example. I couldn't ever tell you any other song from that seat, that sound garden song, but I don't know. They just a chicka cherry cola. I don't know why that. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, what's so funny. I just watched drag race Holland. Here's a perfect example. I just watched drag race Holland and I have to have the subtitles on uh, because I don't, I don't know if you know this, I don't speak Dutch. And, um, I didn't know that. yeah, you know, yeah, people often think I do. Maybe because mm-hmm. I walk around in wooden shoes. But, <laughs> but, uh, but I don't speak Dutch. And so I had the, and so the, the final lip sync song was, uh, Born This Way by one Lady Gaga. Oh, so they're replaying music that they already have the rights oh, to. Oh, yeah. They, look, Drag Race Holland, God love it is uh just it it just seems like someone put it on a a, a touring production of RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> okay. okay. So um from like memory. Like I think this happened on this episode. So um so I saw the lyrics to Born This Way and I was like, oh is that what she's saying? <laughs> like I didn't even know the word chola is in there, right? But I'm see- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like like uh when I go when I read the lyrics, I was like, Oh, is that what that song is talking about? You know? And it's it's sort of the same thing here where like the the opening lines that Katya sings are so unimportant. I just know that it's a rash on a herpes sore. And what else is there? Oh, Lenin oh, know, is Dostoevsky in the sheets. Yeah. Are you ready for this cold war? Mm-hmm. So that's what, like when I, I think, I mean, you could really listen to our breakdown of the, the song because her, she's staying true to Katya's character, but that's what I'm saying is I think detox, I could, I remember like if Rue's number one, I'm number two, keep your eyes on the chalkboard. I'll spell it out for you. Like, it's just like, there's moments that are happening in those lyrics that are just mm-hmm. standouts. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just, I don't know. I keep going back to Reggie wrote you. Well, yeah, what's and, and we will release our, uh, our tribute to that 
at the same week as this comes out, cut to I forget and Nami Harder's fucking on it. I was like, like we, I, yeah. I have no control. Jay, can you do that? No, but also like I'll forget and then I'll fucking have a million Discord messages from Nami Harder and Drew Brooks and like, Joe promises. Where is it? And you're like, okay, calm, calm down, Sarah. Okay. Anyway. Um, I like Nomi way, Harder. Nomi was a, a fan of Survive Her, P.S. Oh, was he? By the way, just to go back to the election, I, I, I don't hate Trixie, but I don't think Trixie's as funny as everybody thinks she is. But she did have that really good read. Did you see that on Twitter? I did. Where it was not now. Or what did she say? Patty, you re- don't start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a very good, like, shutdown line. Yeah. Patty, don't start. Well, because that woman has such a perfect name. Her name was Patty. <laughs> Patty is like the ultimate, like you could just, all right, like, Patty, Harry, like yeah. yeah, if mm-hmm. it's love all Patty's out there, but Patty was, it was asking, she was asking for it for that Patty. case. <laughs> Do you know who the fuck you're talking to? Just <laughs> don't start Patty. <laughs> Patty don't start. <laughs> it is great. <laughs> so, and then she made, you know, of course, then she made t-shirts with it on it. I almost oh, did she? Bu- yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. you gotta go where the money's at, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah, that's why, that's why I guess Trixie and, and Bianca are tied with the drag queen was worth the most anyway uh so let me let me wrap up some loose ends on the finale i mean because like i said um uh oh yeah this this happens a couple of times in the episode where detox during her speech and then at a certain point maybe on the finale i mean on the reunion calls herself the queen of the weirdos mm-hmm if I'm making a high school click list, I'm not putting detox in the weirdos. I'm putting her in the mean girls. Wouldn't you say Jinx is the weirdo? Wouldn't you say Katya is the weirdo? How is detox? But out of this cast, think about the, the top four. She's yeah, but uh, me. But I do think that there's a history of bullying in detox's past. That I think that she's now kind of what we see with people when it happens is they kind of have this shift after high school where they realize, Oh, high school is not it. Like that's not the end of my life. And then they become the, they find their people and they choose their family and they, (laughs) they find who they fit in with and then they feel the power. And I think that's what happened with detox. Mm -hmm. I would imagine that detox probably had a very uh, bullying past because I don't think detox really sacrificed who, who she was or who Mm -hmm. in school, who they were. Um, to conform. So I bet that was very hard. The problem, though, the problem, though, hear me out, is that uh, sometimes I'm actually kind of taking a line from RuPaul. The the, the oppressed can often become the oppressor. I mean, mm-hmm. think back to season five. Uh, maybe not so much in in All Stars two, though they try to paint it that way. But definitely in season five, she and Roxy, uh, and maybe to some extent Alaska, are the mean girls. You know, they they hint at it at this point too because they they left in Fifi saying, "Yeah, no, you were a bitch to me." Yeah, at in West Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So they they do have allusions to it. Yeah, interior allusions. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what's wrong, guys. I'm in a tizzy. I'm I'm yeah. very happy about the election, and it's just <laughs> my mind. Uh, let's talk about the speeches. Okay, Alaska's was perfect. Perfect. It referenced the show. It complimented RuPaul. Complimented RuPaul. She did what she did her season, which was, this is why I'm the winner and these other bitches aren't. Mm-hmm. And she did it in a very fun and captivating way. 
Alaska's was the bridesmaid who came to the wedding with a piece of paper and was ready like yeah. for her speech. Then it goes to detox. Who was the girl who goes, well, I guess what I want to say is, and then it starts rambling. It's like the girl who didn't realize she was speaking at the rehearsal dinner. Yeah. And then what Katya's Katya. I think Katya was up on the stage and realizing, Ooh, do I, I, I don't want to call it, but I think Katya said, at this point, I'm going to go from my character to real me. And it was a very uh, timed out decision. Mm -hmm. Um, But Katya's was great. I think it was planned out. And I think she had her her talking points that she wanted to say. Um, I think she had knew that she's going to end in Russian and that there's going to be a little volley between her and RuPaul about what did that mean? And it's about the carburetor in the car or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think Katya came correct. And I think it was a, it was a good ending speech. Mm -hmm. Because I, it, yeah. when you look at the the time between Katya being on season seven to All Stars two, mm-hmm. there's not room for growth. The, all that has changed is now she isn't comfortable in front of a camera. She knows how the game is played now, and I think she has the advantage of rolling from one season right into the next one. Her and Ginger both had that. You know what I don't get is you know uh, on Larry Flick's show recently, not recently, probably in the past year, one Sharon Needles was on. And was talking about how she, how she needs to be, she needs an all winter season because it's been by that point, it had been like eight years or so since her season and the, the, the fans have moved on. Yeah. Her quote is down and now they want crystal method. Yeah. And she needs that injection to keep her career going. Oh, oh, I got a beef injection for you right here. Anyway, (laughs) um, and, what I don't understand is think about base. Have you ever heard of a sport called baseball? Mm. Or even mm-hmm. basketball, for that matter. Yeah. They have in the middle of the season an all stars game. And every year, for the most part, you swap some in, swap some out. But for the every year, for the most part, it's the same all stars. Okay. The part I don't get is. They're starting to do this. Why isn't it just always a mix of some previous also? Maybe who didn't compete against each other. Like we've never seen Detox compete against Naomi and stuff like that. But it would be really good for their careers. It'd be good for the show because it'd be good seasons, you know. But then you bring back a Shangela. You bring back a, you know, you mix them all together. People who don't usually compete against each other. And instead of, you know, the season I think we're going to have, quote, unquote, uh, if we're see all star six and uh, because this, this season truly is a season of all stars, but you could have swapped out. Sorry. Uh, Who said that? <laughs> what the fuck? You just call me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I see your logic. Yeah. I like, have a problem with it though, is because how many times is detox going to come back and not be the winner of the show? Yeah, but I wouldn't. Does that, are, yeah, go ahead. Does that help her case for being on the show? Like, I, because now we've seen that they've broken the format and they've done. I I have not watched it. I don't know if it's still on, but the Las Vegas show with um, Naomi, Derek, I, fill in the blank. I don't remember who's all on this. Cameron, Asia. Uh, oh, Asia's on there. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, Vanessa, Vanjie, and Mateo. Mm-hmm. Like, they have these queens who are staying relevant but not mm-hmm. doing the competition. Do you see more forms of this happening? Perhaps. I've I've always – I've never understood. I think this was an attempt at it 
Uh, I think the problem is World of Wonder tries to be too controlling. I think they should hire someone, even though they're too cheap, probably from the Andy Cohen world, you know, from Vanderpump Rules or something that, to do a show like this, but where mm-hmm. it's a little bit more... Uh, well, look, to be honest with you, how fantastic would a drag queen version of Vanderpump Rules be? You know, if the, if the, if the twin boys, the twin boys, the twin brothers who own Hamburger Marys were smart, that's what they would do with the WeHo Hamburger Marys when everything yeah. comes back to normal is it's you hire these girls to be the waitresses at Hamburger Marys. People can go in, um, and, uh, and they could, you know, and then it's the drama that happens with the drag queens who are working at the show. And the show, people are coming in, you know, Jasmine Masters, she's not ready to do her bingo brunch and blah, 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 blah. And uh, I bet you that show would do really well. I'm pitching it I right agree. now. I'm getting a hold of this. They, I mean, they've, we've seen these other properties come out of this show. And it's just, uh, you know, Celebrity Drag Race, which was just drag you in mm-hmm. disguise, yeah. you know. And I, I don't know how much more successful it was. But I think they've tried to keep them working without it being a competition show. Yeah, but, you know, it, it, it goes back to my theory of Alyssa, is when you try and produce Alyssa, you're not going to get what you want, okay? But if you just let Alyssa be Alyssa, you, to be honest with you, to use an afterthought thing, I think it's the thing with Lori, is, uh, is that I, I, there is something about me, I don't know if it's conscious or not, where I seem to be a Lori whisperer. And when Lori and I are together, I allow Lori just to be Lori, and I know magic's going to happen, you know? Mm-hmm. But if you heard Lori with other people that I'm not there, it's horrible, okay? Have you told her this? Yeah, I'll tell her face, right? <laughs> I, it, it came up last night because Nami Harder, <laughs> shadow producer Nami Harder, because I've made yeah. it clear that I don't want to do Drag Race Thailand anymore, has said, oh, Lori should contact... The guy who does the sub, because I've said if anyone does, we need to have a Thai person on if we do Drag Race Thailand. So he suggested on Discord that we get the guy who does the translate, as if I as if I just call people and they magically do things, but that we should get the Thai person who does the translations for Drag Race Thailand. Oh, I know him. Oh, yeah. do you really know him? <laughs> oh, no. Oh. <laughs> no. The Thai translator uh, in my in my Rolodex of hate. No, I don't know him. So, or her. uh well, this is a, a fan translation. The World of Wonder one is horrible, but he does like a fan oh, translation. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. So Lori and I were talking about that, and she said, should I be down for it? And I go, yeah, but the problem is you guys, it would just be really boring. Like, Lori wouldn't be funny with him. It, she gets When she's not with me, she's very, very dry. You know? Uh, you have to know how to – not that I'm the only person that could talk to Lori, but I know how to get the funny out of her. And so um, – I think it's the same thing with Alyssa. I think it's the same thing with these drag queens. You just have to let them be. They will produce the content for you. Yeah. I'm also, sorry, I know we're bouncing back and forth, but that reminds me of the podcast thing too with Alaska. I've listened to Race Chasers and I know how Alaska is when left to her own devices. She's funny and charming and stuff. In that segment, she came off just terribly like i don't i don't know Which why are you talking about the podcast with ruin with Michelle? what's the tea yeah mm-hmm. they they just weren't doing her any favors at this point with the edit it just seemed like so one-sided it, it mm-hmm. felt weird mm-hmm. i don't but know I think, but i think again going back to what i was saying before is here she is in the final days of her competition and she's afraid of messing it up so she's in her head 
mm-hmm. on Wraith Chaser, she is the master of her domain. So she's she has the freedom and the willing and, and also she has look, it's been almost five years, it's been four years since she won that crown, just as much time as before when she was on season five. And so yeah. now she is so much more self-confident, so much more sure of herself that she can still be. I still do think now that I'm saying this admittedly, and you can correct me. I, from what I remember, Alaska's not very good on the air. She's very closed off, which is fine. But now maybe, and maybe, and I think, again, I am sounding like a total blowhard right here. I literally listened not even to one second of Race Chasers. But I would imagine it's a good balance to Willem, who's quite the opposite. You know, where she's sort of like the Robin to his Howard Stern, so yeah. to speak. And I don't know if that's the case, is it? Or um It would I would say to a point, now that they're on season five, which is Alaska's season, Alaska's mm-hmm. coming in with a little bit more authority and kind of not really reading down World of Wonder, but talking about production a little bit more than she usually does. Mm-hmm. But yes, in the I would say overall, absolutely. So, you know, we're coming up close to the end of our time here, even though we can go as long as we want. It's my fucking podcast. But uh, I want to talk about some things I noticed in the reunion. Uh, there's a, a sort of tense conversation between Coco early on and Roxy. And um, Alaska says she wouldn't have, well, I don't know why Alaska volunteered this information, but says she wouldn't have sent Coco home. She would have sent Fifi home. And I think Coco makes a good argument for Fifi not going home. And one of the things that struck me that I don't think it comes up is how ironic that Coco thought she would be saved by Roxy because of their history. And Roxy's like, no, girl. But Roxy was saved four times by people because of their history. Right. Now, she didn't have any control over that. But uh, I don't know if you had any thoughts on that. Well, Alaska, uh, because Coco was first out, Alaska said, I don't think that Coco was the weakest performer. So she was just reiterating what she said in episode one, even though she wasn't even one of the top performers. So she didn't have a choice. I don't know why she'd volunteer that, but she's just reinstating what she had said in episode one. Um, the reason this was drama, though, is because Coco took to Twitter and was calling out Roxy and saying, you know, bad things after the show, which is, I think, kind of where the problem is, where you're not addressing it in the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, even in the workroom when they came back from like the mirror, you know, when they all come from behind the mirror, it just kind of came after the show. And I think that's where it took Roxy by surprise was the name calling and, you know, just kind of stabbing a girl in the back. It's weird because I don't know how I, I, I there's a part of me that understands, look at the competition and, and whatnot. And I get that, but there is, there, it, I get the impression from Roxy. I don't think they really go, they don't really go into it. But they have a very long history together, uh, Roxy and Coco. Uh, they've worked together a lot, and they're very close. And I don't know how I would feel like, let's say, if I was on a show with Sweet Michael, and Sweet Michael, like, uh, if me, it's between me <laughs> and somebody else, and Sweet Michael eliminates me. Mm-hmm. You know? I think that would really hurt. Especially yeah, when, when it's someone that becomes a problem. Mm-hmm. It's hard because there's different shows that reward those behaviors. Like there's some where people say, oh, you made like Survivor. I always go back to uh, you made the hard choice by getting rid of your ally and your friend on the island. And you needed to do that in order to win for yourself. So on that chance, people are like, oh, I really take it. But these are these are careers that have come up together and they've worked together for so long that it is. I think it's hard to not take it personally. Yeah, no, I completely 100 percent agree. Um yeah. 
they they address Fifi not being there. I always like to say I I want to give Fifi as much attention as she wanted, which is zero. I don't mm-hmm. think that I, I'm happy they just kind of blazed past her not being there. Really, because I thought it would kind of mean the shade. It in my head, it's like either you show you you went on the show mm-hmm. knowing what could potentially happen. You you I would say walk into that situation. They, you saw what they did to you in season four. Mm-hmm. You can try all you want to be the new and improved Fifi, but assume that they're not going to let you do that. And then you give them the stuff, like not hugging Alyssa, like you give them the footage, they're going to use it. Yeah. So you can either show up and defend yourself and say like, this is why I did that and hope for, you know, you come out shining a little bit more mm-hmm. or you can avoid it, which is what she did. And um, you, you don't really get the chance to defend yourself or call bullshit on the show. Once again, as the lawyer for Fifi O'Hare, I would say, yeah, Oh, he's back. Yeah. He's back. <laughs> Is with his gavel. Yeah, <laughs> this is a point. And then I'll, I'll t- if Fifi ever asked me though, I'm not your lawyer, Fifi. <laughs> That's like a weird inside joke that no one. <laughs> yeah, about. I can't give you advice. I'm not. I your can't lawyer. give him. I'm not your lawyer. Mm-hmm. Go, all I just said was, should I get the Big Mac or the quarter pounder? <laughs> I can't give you advice. I'm not your lawyer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So anyway, um, is. Fifi, no matter whether she gave them to the, the 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 situation or not, and she provided the the raw footage or not, she saw she saw what they did with that footage. Mm-hmm. So why would she walk in to the dragon's den, so to speak, and give them even more footage? Like it wasn't going to go well. Yeah. Go ahead. What? But oh, I was going to say in comparison to Vixen, where. I I appreciated Vixen coming there and coming in with that final, like, this is what I have to say. I'm going to say it and then I'm gone. Like, that's that's it. Like, you, mm-hmm. you're not going to get anything out of me. I'm going to get the final word, mm-hmm. which there's, I, I don't really remember what all Vixen said because, what is that, season 10 is a blur. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I think that if you sign on for the show, even Adore who quit the show was there. And I think, who's like, what is Adore going to say, really? Like, she's not even part of the experience mm-hmm. at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah, but what I'm saying is even with the Vixen, who knows what she really said, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, That's true. They're not going to, yeah. like, if you call Ru, RuPaul said something, I don't remember what it was, but, oh, yeah, I know what it was in the beginning. She's like, I gave you this paddle, and if someone calls bullshit, I'm going to call bullshit. You know, and she was like, for instance, uh, it was the edit, bullshit. But you and I both know that I can think of three off the top of my head where queens were did get a bad edit. Like the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the quintessential example I go to always is Max on the episode where she went home. And I'm not saying she didn't deserve to go home, but in the fact, the fact that they made her look like a literal crazy person when she got eliminated, I think is atrocious. It was, yeah. you know, they asked her, there was a downtime cause of course it was too tight and they started taking a break and RuPaul asked her to sing a song. So she started singing a song and they made, they cut it as if like Max just spontaneously burst into song on stage and yeah. she was a crazy person. And so, and that's just one I can think of off the top of my head, but there are people who the edit truly did not represent uh, what happened. And I mean, let's take a look at all stars two. I mean, all stars two, all stars one untucked. There's, it, it, it literally makes no sense what happened in that untucked because the edit is so fucked up. 
So yeah. for RuPaul to go like it's bullshit with the end, I'm like, uh, calm down, RuPaul. RuPaul, don't start. It's true. That is true. <laughs> it is true because they even use Roxy during the podcast section of you know episode eight mm-hmm. to say, you know, you gave us that footage. You, you, a lot of girls try to blame the edit, but you came out and said that you said that stuff. And I think they were kind of using her as like a see, we don't we don't fuck with the edit as much as you guys claim that we do. So I I get what you're saying. If Fifi had gone there they really could have continued the storyline that she was just awful. But don't you think the power dynamic in that moment is fucked up because they're on a podcast. She's in the final four that they're judging her on. And they say this to her and there's no way she can fight back. Cause we've talked about how, when you actually look at the season five footage, it's one bad day or two where mm-hmm. she's probably really tired. They stretch it out to make it seem like it's a super long thing that was always happening. But you could, you realize, I think it's really only one episode, maybe two. I don't even remember now, but we just did the season. But it's, it's not, it's not what you remember it. And it's basically a bad couple of moments that they turned into the, the narrative and Roxy yeah. didn't fight back. Like in other words, yeah. RuPaul wouldn't like an edit where it was just RuPaul saying, when that camera's not on, when anything you say doesn't matter. Or the, the shitty things that, Ru- like for instance, we know, I can't remember which Snatch game it is. Um, maybe you might remember. It's season eight. Thank you. Season eight with the models. Yes. Where RuPaul had a literal fuck. Oh, I should ask somebody about that. Where RuPaul had a fucking goddamn tantrum because it wasn't going the way she wanted to and stormed off the set. You yeah. know? Uh, or like, what if they edited that? What if they showed that? So like, what? I don't know. I, I get mad about the edit thing because they, and, and that's reality television. The one thing I will say, the one thing I will say in, Defense of World of Wonder and, uh, and, and, uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. It's reality television. It's a real, it's a reality television show. And so when you sign up for a reality television show, be prepared for that. I've said if I was ever on RuPaul's Drag Race, I would 100% be painted like Brita Filter. Okay. I would so be the villain. It's so easy to make me the villain. That's why, you know what? I'll never go on a reality show because I, I realize I'll give them the footage to make me the villain. So, uh, uh, so that's the one lesson I will say, but to say that that's not what they do and that they're, that they're doing cinema verite all of a sudden, it's like, it's not true. It's 100% bullshit. I'm sorry. Filibustered. No, you're right. Yeah. There's a, there's something to, that's when you depend on your form, your sisters, I guess in this case to come out and rally. And like, we needed Jinx to say, no, Roxy, you know, I'm, I'm an adult. I can, I handled it. Roxy was cruel to me that one time, but after the show, like we laughed about it and we're fine. Like it's fun. Mm -hmm. That's when I think you really depend on your, your sisters to do that. And I think that Fifi would have benefited by going to the reunion solely for the reason that they probably would have said, well, that was shitty girl. And then she could have said, she should have come in with like her humble face and said, you're right. It was shitty. It's when it's like Valentina, Valentina comes off very badly in her reunion because she wasn't willing to, you know, accept her, take her licks. So I don't know. I think you can kind of take, make it with what you want, but I get, I understand your point too, of you give them more footage that way if you show up. So let's, let's start to wrap this up, Jay. We finished, we have finally finished all star season two, a deep dive uh, it's you know, two two pals who love RuPaul's Drag Race, ish, and having <laughs> <laughs> who love All Stars too. I think we can kind of we can yeah, absolutely yeah. Uh, and uh, talking about deep concepts from All Stars too. Where do you? I mean, I know we both agree this is the. I mean, RuPaul says at the at the reunion. I don't think it's changed. This is hands down the greatest season 
of RuPaul's Drag Race that there ever was. But where do you, what's your big final grand thought about this? What what would make your final judgment here? Uh, I don't know if it's because the expectations from All-Stars 1 were so low with the teams and short orders. When you think of this cast, the twist of lip syncing for your legacy, the, I don't know, the guest judges were top notch. The challenges were really fun and it utilized I feel like every moment in this show has something for you to kind of feast your eyes on. There's no weak looks. The the performances are great. They it really it's the cast though. I think mm-hmm. it all boils down to who they got for All Stars 2 because it is truly the stars of this franchise. And they not they blew their load in their in this All Star season, but they really picked from the the top of the tree for these people. They really, I think really that's did. the difference. They really really did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel you know, on the one hand, I feel like I said, it's the greatest season ever. And, and it elevated the show to a level that it, it, the show itself has never reached. But on the other hand, maybe sort of curse the show because World of Wonder likes to suck things dry, like nobody's business. Cause if I would have had my druthers, I probably wouldn't have gone as long as they did between All Stars 1 and All Stars 2, but I probably would have done it every other year. I think every other year would have been fantastic. In my heart right now, all stars three would have just wrapped up. Like I think they, they are pumping them out too quickly. And Mm -hmm. this quote unquote stars that we're getting Mm -hmm. like no shade, but India Farah is Mm -hmm. in all stars four. like what Mm -hmm. was that? All stars five. Yeah. I think we need like a two year gap between these all stars just to really to let these queens have a moment out of the spotlight and then come mm-hmm. back in. Cause we've had, you know, with the all stars four, we saw Monique Hart and Monet exchange and I just hadn't missed them yet. They were mm-hmm. great on all stars four, but I just hadn't had that space and time away from them. Mm-hmm. And I was happy to see them compete again, but my heart wasn't in it to root for them because I just hadn't missed them. Like I missed having Alaska and detox on my screen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I'm going to call it a day there. Jay, thank you. This has been so much fun. It really has. So much actually. fun. Yeah, no, it really yeah. has been a lot of fun. Very easy, very yeah. breezy, uh, very sleazy, but we didn't put those parts in there. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, it has been. It's been so much fun because obviously I love this show and it's uh-huh. you're easy. I feel like this is just a normal conversation that we would have had on the phone anyway. <laughs> We yeah. always revisit All Stars too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you guys don't know that we've done we've done revisited All Stars two about four times, and we'll probably yeah. continue to. That that part is true. It doesn't happen all the time, but there probably will be conversations you and I have in the future where we have different, you know, in private. But we have more. Uh, I wouldn't even be surprised if you, Adam, and I hang out if all of a sudden All Stars two comes out. And we have more conversations about it. Oh, absolutely. Whatnot. Yeah, I was going to say cut to four years later. We're we're doing this again. <laughs> All stars to do. Yeah, <laughs> redo. Yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 such an easy season to talk about. So thank you for including me on this. I'm happy to be a part of the big Patreon drop. Oh yeah, the Beyonce Batonce drop. All right. Well, thank mm-hmm. you guys so much, and uh, hopefully Biden's being pro- uh, sworn in as president very soon after this drops. Woo. Yeah. All right. Fingers Goodbye, crossed. Everybody. 
Follow Jay Ellis on Twitter at still underscore jealous. That's S-T-I-L-L underscore J-E-L-L-I-S. You can also follow him on Instagram at don't underscore B underscore jealous. It's D-O-N-T underscore B-E underscore J-E-L-L-I-S. You can follow Joe Batanz on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Batanz. That's J-O-E-B-E-T-A-N-C-E. This has been an Afterthought Media podcast.